Hey guys, this is Sean Kanan, and you are listening to the Ben Is Now podcast. Rise and shine, my sinners. When Father Evil starts his day, he gets a little deadly. Deadly Grounds Coffee has the richest, smoothest flavor you'll find anywhere. It's sinfully delicious. Once you go deadly, you never go back. Order yours at getdeadly.com. Coffee's so good, it's scary. Kind of a sick school is this? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. You got spunk. I hate spunk. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Oh, righty then. How you doing? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Say hello to my little friend. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. What are you people? On dope? Stop whining. I got a crap on deck that can choke a donkey. Who is your daddy? I'm sorry, but all questions must be submitted in writing. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Can I do that? I'll be back. A Show me the money! Don't! Up your nose when you have a home. What? I'm sailing! I'm sailing! Groovy. You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Here's looking at you, kid. We got no food! got no jobs, our pets' heads are falling off! Go to the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. Hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey! I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. I love it when a plan comes together. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. We're on a mission from God. Hello and welcome to this special mini episode of Then Is Now podcast. I am your host, Rigor, and I'm flying solo again today, but I've got a couple of awesome guests who are no stranger to Then Is Now. They are George and Gene, the masterminds behind the Drive-In Monsterama and the April Ghouls Drive-In Monsterama, held each year in the fall and April at Riverside Drive-In in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania. Each April and September, they play four horror films on a Friday and Saturday, so you get eight great classic horror films, some of which you may never have seen. So listen to George and Gene as they tell us about the cool films they have coming up this year. Class is in session. I have a bad feeling about this. How could I possibly be expected to handle school on a day like this? Food fight! Hey, you in my class? I am today. I think you should consider transferring to shock class. Woo-hoo! Now, now, very few students are severely injured in shock class. 
Bueller. When you were in school. Bueller. Did you ever cut class? Bueller. Yeah, I guess I did. Sure, most kids cut classes. Good. Sign this. Um, he's sick. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance bell ring, and all my kids are not here. Seven years of college down the drain. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You lack discipline. As long as I'm here, there will be no grades or gold stars or demerits. We're gonna have recess all the time. Woo! Go play and have fun now. Welcome back to the show, guys. Good evening. Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for coming. I'm glad to have always you guys on the show. Always a pleasure. Yeah, always a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always have to point out that George is the mastermind behind these. <laughs> and then he started... Well, I don't like to brag. But... 16 years ago, he was the first to do this. <laughs> and I'm just very thankful that I'm part of the production and, and, and part of the whole family to be involved in this. So, you know... I mean, credit's due for the good things I do do, I suppose, but I just want everyone to know that George is the mastermind here. So <laughs> the world revolves around George's movies on those weekends, and he picks the best films, I think, um, out for everyone to see. So, Well, um, well, well Gene, 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 Gene actually uh, did, we, we did a lot of brainstorming with this April, and I think Gene was instrumental in in coming up with this year's lineup because we, we were talking about so many different uh, possible titles for April. We wanted it to be good. We wanted it to be 80s because the 80s in April, we did an 80s, uh, we call it Back to the 80s weekend last April and I said, I'm going to do it. That weekend it was so successful. He said, we're doing it again next April. You know, so uh, that was just an instant you know, we, we were instantly going to do it again a year later. Uh, another eight. Uh, I, well, I have to say, most most of the April Ghouls do incorporate a uh, number of '80s songs, but we we want to we want to emphasize that decade with this show. And and here we are doing it again. And, and we had so many different possibilities in mind because we were trying to get. Uh, you know, we were talking about maybe getting certain guests of some. We had a few guests in mind. Most of them were not available that weekend, so it didn't work out. So we kind of like switched things around, and we needed, you know, we needed something, you know, headline films, and that's that's where Evil Dead Two came in, and Reanimator, and Halloween Two, and uh, we fleshed out the schedule. Gene could talk a little bit more about how we uh, incorporated Midnight and Effects. Yeah. Right. Right. So why don't you tell the us the whole, whole lineup is... first, and then and then we'll get into sure. the details. So so Friday, April 29th, we have uh, Halloween two and uh, Terror Train, which turns out to be a Jamie Lee Curtis start off double feature for the weekend, nice. and then we end the night with uh, the third feature, Midnight, John Russo's Midnight, produced by Sam Sherman and Independent International, and the last film is Effects. Now, Midnight and Effects were, were shot in Pittsburgh, uh, so they're local to the area. They also have Tom Savini's uh, credited to them. He, he did Effects for both. I think he's in He's actually appears in Effects in a, in a small role. And um, so right. we're trying to bring a little history, horror history, back to the area on the driving screen. Because uh, a lot of a lot of people are not overly familiar. A lot of fans, I would say, 
are not over overly familiar with those two titles. And I just want to clarify for the listeners, Effects is spelled, it's the word Effects, not F slash X, the, the film with Brian Brown. Yeah, not not the Brian Brown, Brian, uh, 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 Brian, Den- Brian Dennehy film from the from 1985, 6. Yeah, somewhere Now, around. this is Effects, exactly, this is Effects. Actually, it was shot in the late 70s, but it's, it's mostly given the year 1980, uh, I think if you look it up on IMDb, it gives it as 1980. That was the major uh, year of its release. Uh, so we're counting as an 80s film. I mean, it, it works as an 80s film, so that's why it's part of an 80s weekend. Right. And, uh, and so Midnight and Effects are two of the films in your lineup that I have not seen. And shame on me, I'm not going to be able to get there this year. Um, can you well, guys that, tell that, us I mean, about that? That just films? proves what I said. That just proves what I said. And nothing against you. It's just they're not. They're not over. I mean, they're, they they have their fans. They, but they're not over. They're not. It's not something. They're not two titles that are over overly familiar with, uh, you know, horror fans. Right. So, yeah, they're not. What? So the thing about it is with these with with the lineup for that night in particular is that, you know, you have two top films in the beginning, and then the third or fourth one, you know, when you plan these weekends, you could do four big seller movies, or you could do you know, several movies that are very top 40-esque horror films and something a little more underground. And the thing about Midnight and Effects was it's never been shown. These films have never been shown back-to-back at a drive-in. This is the first time ever. And they really honestly weren't films that were uh, highly visible over the last 20 or 30 years. And the interesting thing about it, for instance, you have, and he's talking about the movie, Midnight. I rented it at a local Giant Eagle grocery store, I believe, back in the day, <laughs> believe it or not. And that was driving around in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, looking for the filming location. And, um, and the same thing as for effects. I, I didn't really see effects until probably two or three years ago off of a VHS copy. And, you know, you have John Amplis, which, of course, everyone knows who John is. And John went on. Uh, to do quite a few George Romero films and, and other movies. So you've got John, you know, in Midnight, you have John Russo from that worked on My Living Dad and some of my films responsible for this movie. And then in effects, you have Joe Pilato, which is no longer with us. He was, of course, a villain in Day of the Dead. You have right. John Harrison, and you have, which I think John, did John didn't John show up in, um, John Harrison showed up in quite a few other films. Wasn't he in Creep Show? I think I can't remember. Probably. I think so. Yeah. Um, you have him. Yeah, you have him show up, and then of course you have Deborah Gordon, and she has a pretty prominent role in this film. She was in, I believe, Blood Sucking Pharaohs of Pittsburgh. <laughs> she's a local actress, which is she's a local actress, which has done done an amount of work as well. So you know, and this is an interesting story, and not to sound you know elitist here, egotistical, but I was out to dinner. And a dinner party about a month or so ago, and I sat next to um, to Russ Dreiner, and Russ and I were talking about, you know, local movies and everything. And I told him, I said, you know, we're going to run a, we're going to run um, Midnight and Effects back to back, and and to drive. And he was like, his eyes got real big. And I said, you know, these movies exist because you did Night of the Living Dead. You know, people that were involved in with Living Dead or fringe involvement or people that were influenced by it, you know, as 20 years went on through the 19, late 60s or 70s or whatever into the 80s, I think it's almost 20 years, I don't know, 10 years, 
these folks were making their own movies and, and Midnight and Effects are prime examples of local Pittsburgh horror filmmaking, probably as a result of the success of the independent work that was done with Night of the Living Dead. So that's why these movies are important. They're very important to the Pittsburgh area and the fans because, you know, there's a lot of young folks out there today which are trying to make movies and are influenced by these other films. And this is like uh, an archaeological dig here. You know, you've got these great movies that are time-stamped in Pittsburgh, and they're available for people to now see, you know, in, in wide release, which they never were before. Oh, yeah. And I, I, th I think Severin, Severin did the release for um, from The Night It's Beautiful, and I believe Agfa did the release for Effects which when yes. I saw that on VHS, I could never believe that film would ever come out on a Blu-ray release. <laughs> There's a bunch of nice extras on that as well. And one more ironic note here, I want to cite, this is a good, a very good Gene story. So I live very close to the Fern Hollow Bridge in Pittsburgh, which collapsed oh, wow. in January, kind of, kind of made the international news. And that previous weekend, I had just gotten effects on Blu-ray and in one of the small films in that movie, there was the Fern Hollow Bridge wow. <laughs> where a girl gets gets picked up. And I thought, yeah, and I'm sitting there looking at this on a Saturday before the bridge collapsed. I'm sitting there looking at the Blu-ray going, wow, that bridge sure has been there a long time. And boy, it still looks the same. And, <laughs> and you know, I, and I wake up one morning to what sounded like the, the end of the world. And a dozen people texting me on the phone going, please tell me that you're not on that bridge. And it was just, to me, it was a real weird kind of coincidence. You know, it's like, I'm not saying there's something paranormal about it, but I mean, what are the chances, right? Right. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of great history in these movies and these people that are coming out to the show. I hope that they realize that. And they're looking at it on a different level than just entertainment. You know, there is definitely some historical significance to what we're doing and certainly running these films back to back so fingers oh. crossed right yeah yeah and you know i've Good said this stuff. before especially like movies that take place in for example new york or london or any of these major cities they're like time capsules and it's so amazing to watch right. these 70s films because you know it brings sure. me back to when i was a kid and how things looked back then yep. well, well the interesting thing about like uh, something like midnight is like uh, a lot of a lot of that that area in Pittsburgh kind of looks the same, right, Gene? I mean, they they don't they don't. I mean, right? It's a lot a lot, a lot of woodsy areas, and uh, I, yeah, I I think I think when that shows on the big screen, it's going to have a good feeling. It's going to give people uh, you know this like eerie feeling because it kind of reminds you of the surrounding woods and the surrounding area of the drive-in. Even though it wasn't necessarily shot, you know, right, right, right near Vandergrift, but but there are areas right. that in that in that in that area that look, you know, still pretty much like they did in this movie that was made forty years ago. That's so great. That's right. pretty and, interesting. And, yeah. And you know, we licensed. We George officially licensed the ghoul from the cover of Midnight. You know, we were sitting around thinking, what image would be wonderful for a T-shirt? And George said, I think the ghoul is it. So he was able to license it, and Bill uh, Bill Van Ryn from um, Groovy Doom, Driving Asylum, actually did the did the um, 
the fonts on the, in the bottom and everything, and the shirt came out beautiful. Is that the one yeah, with the, that, the dude has like the uh, executioner hood on? <clears throat> um, no, it sort of looks like something from Creep Show, really. I mean, oh, okay. He's, He's uh, a skull face, and he's holding like a chalice. And we were there were some female victims which were on the perimeter, and we removed the female victims because we didn't, you know, we're not using the complete image, just part of the image. But it's actually licensed, so there's no copyright infringement there whatsoever. Right. Yeah, um, and, and the cool is like uh, in the movie. Within the movie, it's a it's more of a mummified grandmother. Or, or right, uh, exactly. head of the yeah, family, yeah. like in a Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre type uh, exactly. vein. But 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 when you see the image, it just looks more like a generic kind of ghoul, male or female. You really can't tell. But I just thought it was a great concept. I just thought it was great. Nice. And I wanted an image like that on the shirt. And since like Gene was saying, right. we were able to license it. We said, let's just we got to use this. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and then. Getting back, getting back to the first two films, there really isn't much to be said about them. They're both classic. Um, you know, Halloween 2 has probably been one of the most requested uh, April Ghouls films from the beginning. George will tell you, we were just actually waiting for a good, a good, um, you know, a good version to be available. Um, and uh, We showed Halloween and, 3 last April, so we, we kind of go yeah, all over the map, but, you know. Right, yeah. right exactly. Yeah, not that we had to show them in any kind of order. Right, right. Train, no, because the original Halloween, that was actually screened quite a while ago at an earlier April Wolves. You know, Terror Train is just a really great film. I watch it every single New Year's. I'm not kidding you. It's part of my New New Year's ritual because it takes place on New Year's. Nice. And it's such an underrated film. And once you listen to, like, the the director and, and some of the commentary and stuff, you realize, of course, he was directly... I guess I'm in contact with with John Carpenter about this movie and wanting to do a film that took place, you know, all in one place and one night to save money. And they decided it was going to be a New Year's, um, a New Year's train ride. And actually it's a pretty tight film, despite its 80s-esque, very 80s atmosphere. It, it's a good whodunit on a train to the very, very end. And uh, it's kind of a surprise ending when you, you know what, come to think of it, George, it's kind of a surprise ending, like 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 uh, our the surprise ending of last year's first movie, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's you know, true. You know, there's kind of a weird irony there that uh, the ending of uh, of this film is very similar. Well, I mean, it's the second movie, but it's still it's a Friday night movie, like like we had with uh, with the the movie last year. I'm not gonna name it. You guys figure that one out. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because I saw Terror Train at the drive-in with my parents. And uh, that's get the crap out of me. <laughs> Terror Train did. Yeah. And it's Canadian, eh? I saw that. I've never seen it in a drive-in. I've never seen it on DVD. And yeah. I actually saw that, both that and <laughs> Halloween 2 at the, a drive-in near Boston. But, um, yeah, I love those. Cool. Now, on your on your Saturday schedule, you've got amazing lineup here. Like, as you mentioned, Evil Dead 2, Reanimator, Dr. Butcher MD, and Zombie 3. How did those three come together? Well, oh, those four, uh, the say. Evil Dead Two, like Gene and I were talking about it, and like that's just that just has to be shown because it's popular. Reanimator is another one, another one we've been throwing around. So we kind of went the zombie route, and Gene was like, was was the one that said about how about Doctor Butcher MD? 
And right. it kind of led into another Italian zombie film. And since we've shown right. Zombie, the original Fulci one, and Zombie is considered Zombie 2 in Italy, so Zombie 3 is really Zombie 2 or however you want to work that out. Right, but, right. But Zombie right. 3 is just an outrageous uh, Fulci, Fulci uh, only part, partly directed it. Partially directed, I should say, but um, it, it's it's a it's kind of a ridiculous movie, but it's like a roller coaster ride. So I think yeah. it's a good fourth yeah. movie that'll wake people up, and uh, you know, if they're dozing at that point, which yeah. they shouldn't be. And then, you know, it was sort of afterwards. It's sort of like we were talking on the phone one night, and it's like there there sort of was an unplanned, uh, you know, what do you call it, theme that went through it because you have the Evil Dead. Uh, which aren't quite zombies, and then you have, um, you know, uh, Reanimator, which is a mad scientist experimenting, you know, zombie people, and then that's what happens in Dr. Butcher, the same theme, and then, you know, you've established sort of a tropical island with zombies. That movie, and then in the last movie, that's exactly where they are, was filmed in the Philippines. The reason for Dr. Butcher was this, because it's very similar in structure to Zombie, even including the cast and production. And I realized out of, you know, I don't know, if you're a video collector, you, you'll be sitting around one night and you'll go, you know, I need to see this movie. And then you go, oh my God, I don't have the Blu-ray for that. So yeah. in the middle of dead middle of winter, I ordered Porno, porno Holocaust. So I do, <laughs> not, I do not have that. But I, I don't know why I said it. But anyway, <laughs> Zombie Holocaust and... Um, Porno Holocaust is a whole other movie, and it's yes. really bad. I've seen that, um, yeah. That and Nights of the Erotic Dead or whatever. So anyway, Zombie Holocaust, Dr. Butcher, it, it's a very similar structure. It's filmed in, in New York. It's filmed, um, what, in the, I think both of the films were, where were they filmed at, George? Was it in the, the Caribbean or something? Or I'm drawing a blank here with it, where they were filmed at. Yeah, well, Zombie um, 3 was, and I think I think Dr. Butcher was partially, uh, I know, you know, yeah, like you said, parts of it was shot in New York and probably a right, lot of studio right. stuff in Italy. Well, right. And and Dr. Butcher, you know, it's it's that whole thing where you've got the zombies, and if you don't have zombies, you've got, you know, um, you've got cannibals. Right. <laughs> and cannibalism, when, when the Italians ran out of zombie ideas, the next thing they went for, which makes complete sense if you think about it, was cannibal films. So you always had that 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 really horrible movie was a jungle holocaust or cannibal holocaust or something. So I always like to think that this movie is sort of zombie meets that a little more subdued. And yeah, it's more subdued because you know we've right. had people ask us, uh, you know, to show the or, or ask us if we would show the Italian um, cannibal movies, and I yeah, just it, think they're a little they're a little too much. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to bring censorship into the show, but it's just we 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 have certain, you know, we don't want to go too too far, and I think I think like you know something like like Cannibal Holocaust would definitely be too intense, right? And no, too too graphic. Yeah, exactly. Disgusting, you know. So yeah, and then but this one no has way. the cannibals in there, but there's no animal stuff, and uh, you know it's all fake. So yeah. Really gruesome medical murder things that goes it's on. It's very, gr- it's and, very gruesome. Oh yeah, yeah, right. It's, but and, 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 and that's and that's so perfect because it just is. It's delicious because <laughs> it's like when, when we were in college, it would be the kind of thing where you'd have the party with your usual friends and you'd rent like a handful of VHS 
and you'd be going through these VHS, you know, tapes, and then you'd be like, you know, okay, we're going to watch Dr. Butcher, and we'd put it in, and then and as it would roll on, it would just get more disgusting, and people were like, oh, God, oh, and then you talk about it, and that's, it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's, it, I think that George and I were laughing about it, I said, it's so perfect for, for April Fool's or whatever, because you're getting your shocks in on a big screen, and People are going to walk away and go, oh, my God, you know, what were they thinking? It's, you know, and it's perfect. And then George picked Zombie 3, and then we were both laughing about that because it has – it's like everything that's that's essential 80s. I mean, there's like women, big-haired women in, in tight suits, um, boom boxes, Jeeps. Uh, it's late 80s, so we got the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Right, right, and a floating cloud of death that turns people into zombies, and uh, it also sort of breaks into that whole genre that was going on at that time of really bad Italian sci-fi, you know, jungle movies or whatever. There was a bunch of Italian films that emulated like what the Conan, they're not. I don't know why I said Conan, the Schwarzenegger films rather. And mm-hmm. it's just, and of course, the floating head. There's a there's a decapitated head in that movie that flies around and bites people, which is just absolutely absurd. And it's very, it's all very eighties. It just has such a, and it is the kind of thing, I mean, you know, with our audience, they're half asleep, some are high, some are drunk. I think it's perfect for the last <laughs> film, you know, and if it's that funny doesn't destroy the rest of their brain cells. Nothing will. Right. <laughs> right. And it's funny too, because the, it's so seventies and eighties because like, I, you know, just glancing at the, um, at the IMDb, uh, Doctor Butcher, aka Zombie Holocaust, is also called Zombie Three. <laughs> yes, it, yes, yeah. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah they just—it gets very confusing, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like Escape but from Planet Eight. It. Yeah. It's an interesting movie. Well, I mean, I guess they—they they made the connection with Ian Ian McCulloch in there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's what I thought too. I mean, there's sort there's a you know he's a similar character. In such a similar structure. I actually, a couple of weeks ago, watched Zombie and that movie back to back just for a comparison thing. Um, one of our wonderful snowy weekends here in Western Pennsylvania, which, <laughs> by the way, are still happening even though it's spring. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, we've had, we, our weather sucks. <laughs> yeah. Honest with you. I'm sure it's going to be great by the time we do the show, but I mean, we've had. We have these nice weeks all along with 70 degrees, and then on, on Friday, Friday, Sunday, it's like nine inches of snow. Merry Christmas in the middle of April oh or March. Wow. Um, yeah, it's been dreadful. I'm glad it's going to be ending. But, um, you know, I, I watched them back to back, and I thought, you know, yep, these films are very similar to one another. I didn't imagine it, you know? Yeah. So, that's awesome. Perfect. That's so cool. I remember seeing um, one of the films you're showing, Reanimator, in the theater. I begged my parents to take me to see it because that was around the time where uh, movies were NC-17. And so I told my father, I convinced him, you go buy the tickets. Me and my mother will wait over on the other side of the theater here. So he went and bought the tickets and then we went in because I think I was 16 at the time. And um, that was great. I mean, my mother and father loved horror movies, but they, they the one thing they couldn't get over was the green the green fat lady jumping around at the end with no clothes on because she was a zombie. <laughs> and every wow. time I mention that movie, my mother just brings that up. That's the one thing she remembers. You know, no regard for Lovecraft or Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> you had like so. Were you an only, are you an only child? Yes, I was till I was eighteen. Brothers and sisters. 
<laughs> Say okay. that again. Because I I was my only child, and my dad used to be one of the victims that would I would make take me to these films as we were talking about. <laughs> and my dad told me so you'd see the uncut evil dad in the theater, and I just remember. <laughs> The blood squirting everywhere out of the uh, trap door or something that happened in that movie. I can't remember the specifics and the look on his face. And uh, he didn't say anything one way or the other about the movie. And I remember my mom asking him, how was the film? And my dad looked at her and said, never again. He needs to find <laughs> someone else to take him to these movies. <laughs> he was just he wasn't upset by it. He just was like, it was not in his scope of, of entertainment, you know? That reminds yeah, me, um, I, around the same time, I, I, yeah, no kidding, poor dad. Around the same time, I, I had my parents do the same thing to take me to see Texas Chainsaw 2. And I, right. I, my mother was sitting between us, and at the very end of the movie, right after Leatherface is chasing the girl with the razor blade, slicing her legs up, my father leans across my mother to me and goes, we are never going to see another movie like this again. <laughs> You know what I mean? Exactly. I was, I was, I, I, you know, I got very lucky. You know, I was dating uh, this guy at the time named Mark, and Mark was, and we're still very good friends to this day. And Mark was, uh, we went to the movies every weekend, and you know, we saw Demons together, we saw all these films together, we saw uh, House by the Cemetery. It was, it was really great. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. There were so many good. You know, he was up for it, and we were like. Always in the theater seeing these crazy films. <laughs> so thank God we were of age to be able to go ourselves, you know, in the 80s because my my parents were done. My my dad was, I think he was done after, you know, I don't know. He took me to see, we saw The Fog together. We saw Halloween 3 together. I think my dad did not. Anything that would have been probably pre-84, if I couldn't get in by myself, he probably took, or my aunt's. My aunt's a really good friend that she worked with. She was a big horror fan. So I got into a lot of movies. Um, I saw Altered States in the theater, too, which was crazy. Yeah. Um, with a friend of mine who was, he was actually older. He was four years older than me. He had to pretend to be my parent to get us in to see that. It was ridiculous. But, um, <laughs> That's awesome. I watched that. I watched that. Like, he did. He had to play my older brother. It was bizarre. And uh, they actually asked you, you know, they're like, are you a legal parent or guardian? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm his brother. Anyway, we saw Altered States. And I'll tell you, I just saw that on Blu-ray like a couple weeks ago when William Hurt passed, and it still holds up. It's still an amazing film. It's just it's just great. It's well-produced. Yeah. Uh, visually and the writing and everything. It's such a good movie. And, you know, if anyone you know, has seen that on a big screen, it's just an experience between – uh, special effects and, and uh, makeup effects and stuff. It's really psychedelic and scary. Yeah, I, I remember so, seeing that in the movies, film. and that scared the crap out of me, too. Oh, I love that film. It was so good, you know. Um, but yeah, and Ken Russell, of course, is, is effing crazy. You know, yeah. that stuff. If you, mm-hmm. You've seen any, any Ken Russell's bizarre films, Lair of the White Worms, another example of his extreme, extreme. Um, filmmaking but uh another great film as well yeah so. yeah and i heard a rumor that hugh grant may be the new doctor who on the tv show yeah that's going around which is even stranger because it was ironic that mark who we were talking about mark texted me that and i said what's even more ironic is that peter capaldi already was doctor who and he and hugh grant were together in the lair of the white war that's right yep 
that's that's a weird combination. And Hugh Grant did play Doctor so, Who once before in a comedy special with Rowan Atkinson uh, back in '93. Yeah, I forget yeah. the title of it, but yeah, I remember he, that. Yeah, you know, Hugh's always been up for the role. They've always every once in a while. I'm still following Doctor Who, and I have for decades. Um, he's always been rumored up, up, you know, here and there. And I don't think he really had. I think his career was too big. Uh, to be involved in Doctor Who. And I think the other thing was that with the new Doctor Who series that came back in 20, 2005, I think a lot it's become a lot more acceptable for celebrities, big-name celebrities, to do Doctor Who, to be involved, right. uh, like John Hurt was and stuff. So, you know, I, I, I love to see Hugh Grant as a doctor. I think he would be spectacular. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll know in two years. Right? <laughs> so one last thing I wanted to bring up before we wrap this up is, um, you know, you guys had mentioned on a previous show um, something that I love to hear, which is that every year you're finding more young people coming to these events and being exposed to films they probably haven't heard of before. I mean, I myself am still discovering movies, especially through your thing, through your events, that I haven't heard of before. And I, th- I always thought I knew everything about horror movies. So... Um, can you guys speak to that a bit about the audience? Yeah, well, the, the the when we started the April show some years ago, we we you know we we had to make it different than the September to prove you know to the Riverside driving that we could bring in an audience you know so I really had to do some brainstorming. Well, I, I wouldn't say brainstorming necessarily, but just do something different than September. And so I said, well, let's go for like Friday the 13th and, and Day of the Dead and films like that, which we really hadn't shown before because the September show was mostly dedicated to the 60s and 70s type driving movies, driving horror films. Right. So when we started showing the 80s stuff, it was like, I couldn't believe like we had a whole new audience. So we just continued in that trend. And uh, ever since we've been doing these April shows and showing a particular type of uh, more modern horror film, I guess you could say. It's just brought in like younger and younger horror fans. And uh, and a lot of them, like, you know, of course, were too young, uh, you know, naturally to see these on the big screen because a lot of them were probably born after after they were made. So... Right. So they're just getting, they're just getting, and they love it. And they just, they're just getting a, a great weekend of, of, of fun and being able to see these things on the big driving screen. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I right. went Absolutely. last year to April, I'm oh, sorry, uh, go ahead, Gene. I'm just saying, I, you know, I'm, I'm supporting what George is saying. It's just that, uh, it's just that, um, you know, these, a lot of the demographics that we've found age wise has been mostly. 30s and 40-year-olds that, and we really ramped up this in the advertisement last April because, you know, you either snuck downstairs to watch the video when nobody would catch you, or you had a corrupt brother or sister (laughs) who was older or a neighbor or something that said, sure, you guys can come over and watch this. And, you know, we were finding out, you're finding this new renewed um, interest in these movies. And, and, you know, and, and real quick here, side note, I think that you see that happening with these reboots and modern filmmaking. I see, you know, this Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot that just came out was one of the worst things ever. I don't, people like to argue about the merits of it. It's complete, utter garbage. Right. And I hardly ever have an opinion that's that strong, that it's awful. 
And, you know, the new Scream movie, I sat through that, and, and this was bored shitless. <laughs> and I think that these movies that we're seeing these reboots of are trying to renew an interest like it's the first time that these younger people have ever seen these films the way we did when we saw them in the theater. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, am I making sense about this? Well, like, yeah, I mean, it goes to the fact that they re- named it Scream, which is the same title as the original, and it's not a remake. Well, yeah, it's a continuation. And, and, Right, and you know, I, I like the new Ghostbusters. I did. I really thought it was nice, the afterlife yes, thing. Yes, that I, was I very good. I found a place for that. But it was the same as the first movie, just redone with new people. And dawned on me while I was watching that, I go, you know what they're doing? They're taking the elements that I grew up with at that age, and they're presenting them in a different fashion for the people that are in that age group now. That's what happened with the Star Wars reboots, too. So I, I see that happening with these horror films, and it, like George was saying, there's a renewed interest in these in these older movies because of that. I mean, it's just the way things are trending. Um, but you would be surprised the young people that know these obscure films. It's, it's shocking. Oh yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, and they're like, oh my god, midnight, and I'm like, oh my god, how the hell did you know about that? Movie? Right. You know? so, <laughs> Yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, when I was there last April, it was just amazing to see not just, you know, uh, uh, single people or couples or whatever, but families enjoying it. And just watching these movies on a nice night under the stars was just amazing. Yes, yes, absolutely. Awesome, guys. So is there anything else you wanted to mention about this event? Um, It's just, uh, you know, T-shirts are available. Uh, you know, check out our community page, Driving Super Monsterama. Uh, events, uh, online tickets are available. Uh, and throw us the dates again. This is uh, Friday, April 29th, and Saturday, April 30th. It's a big weekend of fun. Overnight camping available for an additional free breakfast. $10 I only. I should say free breakfast, but included with that, yeah. with that camping fee is a breakfast. Yep. Um, which is which is awesome. People are marveling about that. Yeah. And um, you know, what I, I was gonna say, what else was I gonna say about this? Oh, and we've got a great soundtrack coming up for this show too. Excellent. <laughs> so every time I see midnight I keep thinking of Judas Priest living after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> and I have I have I have scandalously used legally use that clip on Instagram for the 15 second stories um, for living after midnight with, uh, with, you know, with the monster. I, you know, maybe kind of has an iron main thing going on. I don't know, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, I just, again, you know, I, before we go, I want to close by saying, you know, thank you, George, for allowing me to be part of this. I look forward to it every year. It's, it's great for uh, my creativity and, my mental health, um, you know, this is like a family thing. We all get together twice a year. And, um, there's no malice involved in this production and, and with the, the fans and everything. It's just everybody gets along very, very well together, and it's just a good experience. I mean, it just really is. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I think I'm more excited about just being part of it all than actually probably watching movies. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say, but well, I mean, really, it is. It's not that I don't enjoy them. It's just it's great to see everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. Gene. Gene. Gene, Gene has done a lot to 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 change the show in the in the right direction. Give you oh, know as far that. as publicity and uh, 
just you know all kinds of different elements to to expand the you know to expand it to make it more popular to to get it to the viral audience when I, when i when i i guess when i started i was more bashful about the whole thing and uh yeah he had one come out to even take a picture with me that's the godfather yeah and gene <laughs> kind of like uh yeah that's why he stepped in as he stepped in as what uh what a journalist called marketing director so ever since then he's yeah. got he's been given that title and he deserves it so that's awesome and uh, i told george i said you know, it's so funny because George was so elusive. He would move from his car to the booth and back and sometimes get food. You know, who is this Bigfoot? Who is George? You know, <laughs> Well, I think in the early days I was like, you know, uh, you know, kind of like just, well, you know, like just, you just, uh, you know, just worried about how so. people are going to take to it. Yeah. I was just worried about how people were going to take to it. Not that they were taking to it badly; they were they were mostly having a good time and enjoying themselves. But I got you know, yeah, I needed to. I needed to. Uh, you were developing a very big. George is very, very. I don't know if it's shy that you are. It's just you're not. You're not interested in the spotlight. You're very happy with what you do, and and every show was like, who? Where is this George? I need to meet George, and <laughs> you know he's behind this. It's like the Wizard of Oz or whatever, and then. You know, he started like... I wanted to be like before. Swan in Phantom of the Paradise, you know? There you go. Correct. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Well, and I'm like, you got. I told him one time during a conversation, I said, you need to get out and shake hands because you have so many admirers, it's ridiculous, you know? You yeah. Gotta, you got to go meet these people, whether you're shy about it or not. They're so... You know, it's just people. It wasn't like an ego trip. It was just nice people that would come out to this and say, man, I'd love to meet this guy that did this. Right. You know, and that's what it was all about. And that's really what cultivates the whole warm family feeling is that everybody, you know, people talk, you know, every day to us practically. George has like a little group going for the Brad's hideaway. (laughs) Um, you know, and you know, you guys make tons of people happy time. with this, you know. So you should be. I, think, I hope so. I hope so. You know, I think so. I believe so. Yeah, it's that's yeah, that's the whole the whole purpose. Yeah. So you guys should be right. proud of and what you're putting you know together. What? Go ahead, Gene. And it's two right, and it's two shows a year, and that's more than enough. You know, it's like it's not overkill, and it's sort of like you know when you're. It's sort of like when you're in a good rock band and you make people wait. You know what I mean? You're yeah. just not going to turn out garbage constantly. It's the George's work with the theater, well, with the, this whole thing, has been more about the quality than the quantity of it. it. It's so much more valuable when it's once or twice a year and people can look forward to it and the hype, you know, and it happening. And, and honest to God, there's like young people that come to this and they have this look of bewilderment, like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm at a monster drama. And to me, that's so bizarre. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, really? This is this is what it's about? Okay, do it. That's awesome. That's <laughs> you awesome. Know, you, don't, you don't foresee yourself as that. And I know George doesn't, and I don't. You don't foresee yourself as that person that created or done this. You just simply don't. And it's... It turns your head a little bit. It's a very emotional thing. It's it's a good feeling. Yeah, is what it is, and that's another reason why it's done. So, 
Well, that's amazing. Beautiful. And I uh, just want to thank you guys for coming on the show again. And we'll have to talk again about other stuff, other movies and stuff. And then maybe, obviously, in the fall, we'll get back together and talk about your next We'd event. We'd like to see you again. Get inside that car and drive down here. I know. I know. It's just, <laughs> it's a lot of logistics involved. But um, I know that. Well, whatever. So uh, the listeners can get tickets from uh, your Facebook page. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, go to the Driving Monsterama, Driving Super Monsterama page. You'll uh, there'll be a link to the Riverside's uh, website where you could buy uh, advanced online tickets for this. And um, there's information about the T-shirts also on our page. It's uh, it's an exclusive T-shirt. It's a limited run. It's going to sell out fast. Excellent, so, excellent. Yeah, we'll they put, do. They yeah. sell out like crazy. We'll put the link in the yeah, show notes here sure. so people can find it easy. Yeah, All right. it's there. You know, if they have any questions, we're more than glad to answer questions in terms of the two options are to, it's $7, pretty much flat rate for um, for the orders. Uh, if you want it sent by mail or you can reserve for pickup at the event, which is highly suggested because I know in September, um, by the middle of the evening, a lot of the bigger sizes were completely gone. We were very lucky to have enough shirts to stretch through Saturday night. It's been sold that quickly. Wow. So that's great. Yeah. That's great. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thank you. Yep, thank you, Roger. Always a pleasure. Same here. Always a pleasure. Okay, folks, please be sure to check out the April Ghouls Drive In Monsterama Facebook page. And if you can attend, please do and support their show so that George and Gene can keep doing it for years to come. If you want to chime in about our show, please send us feedback to thenisnow42 at gmail.com. And please check out our revamped Patreon page so you can listen to our exclusive filmmaker series only available there as well as get some other cool stuff. The Patreon and Public links can be found at our website, havenpodcasts.com. If you like this show, please go wherever you download your podcast from and leave us a great review so that more listeners can find it. And check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash user slash UncleDeath1. Thanks for joining us today. Class dismissed. podcast is intended for entertainment, educational, and informational purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during this podcast are the property of their copyright holders. All original content is copyright Jupiter Media.
For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.